The Midwest Film Nerds podcast is available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free app in the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Stitcher also has a desktop app and a web app for listening on your computer. Go to stitcher.com for more detail. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the Mitten Movie Project. We're going to talk about some film news. And then finally we have a full review of J.C. Shandor's A Most Violent Year. Uh, you can write us feedback to feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about, all of that good stuff. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at MFN Podcast. We're also on Facebook and Vine under Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. And give us a call, 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636-636. Leave us a voicemail. We might play it on the show and talk about it. Uh, I might come up with something clever to do like that. Like I'm going to write up the script for the outro of the show and all of our listeners should call in and do it all. And they get to say, Kyle XY, go watch a movie. And then we'll add it on to the end of the episode. So look for that coming soon, maybe. Yes. But in the meantime... We're going to talk about the Mitten Movie Project. So the Mitten Movie Project is uh, basically like a almost like a monthly film festival here in Michigan. A bunch of kind of Detroit and Michigan-made films, shorts and, and music videos and trailers and things like that get played. Uh, uh, and Like I said, they get together every month at the Main Art Theater in Royal Oak. And uh, Nick and I got a chance to go last night and check out some uh, some of the some of the cool projects that they had going on so uh i don't know where exactly we want to start we got the program in front of us we can kind of just do a rundown of the ones that we thought were pretty sweet i think you can go on facebook and some of them are online so you can go and check them out uh search for mitten movie project on facebook and they'll have a link a post for each of the things that was played last night but uh i don't know about you but cat was pretty awesome (laughs) cat was good cat was good cat was like uh if Alex wasn't allergic to cats, this is his life. Um, but <laughs> but I found it pretty entertaining. And, and I, I, I like that the show, there was a lot of humor going on because I think humor is one of those things that you know, it's hard to do like science fiction on a small budget and doing drama is hard if you don't have like the strongest actors in the world. But doing comedy is kind of one of those things that can at least be easy if you can come up with funny material, even if the acting isn't like top notch. So I feel like it's the easiest to hit, although maybe not the easiest to pull off. So there's, there was a lot of that going on last night, but I enjoyed cat quite a bit. Um, and, uh, of course I think the fourth wall was probably my favorite of the night, but I think that was true for a lot of the people that were there. Uh, Nick, what did, what did you think of the, the whole program? Uh, overall it was, it was uh, a lot of fun. There were, there were a lot of very strong works, a lot of really interesting ideas, some weak links, uh, as you would, as you would presume, but overall it was a lot of fun. I think some of the standouts for me, if anybody listening to this later wants to check out their Facebook page and see if they can track down any of these, I think they post links to a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the films. Uh, there was one called Bleach that was really strong, uh, from a production story standpoint, and it was a I think a great example of what a short film should be. It had it had kind of a beginning, middle, and end, and uh, stayed quick and succinct. And it was shot well. It was acted really well. Um, it was just strong top to bottom. I think that it kind of got shortchanged by being right at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Because it it didn't stick in as many people's minds. Uh, but it was very good. Uh, Cat was <laughs> was really funny. I would recommend checking that one out. It also was interestingly shot. I think those guys who put it together watched a lot of comedy so they kind of emulated yeah. a lot of a lot of good things in a good way. Um Dr. Paradise uh was was funny like homage to like 50s horror. Um that was part of a 48-hour film challenge we found out later so that was kind of cool. That yeah. It's always interesting to the people always say when a movie's on the screen and you're watching it you don't want to hear any stories about what went right or what went wrong. You just want to say I don't care and if the movie's good it's good, if it's bad it's bad. I don't I don't want to hear any stories about how it went, but it's interesting seeing how a 48-hour film challenge can come together or totally fall apart. Yeah. And uh, this one came together nicely, so that was cool. Um, what else was good? 
Choice Cuts was really cool. There was nobody there from that production, which was kind of a drag. Yeah. But that one, that one was very neat. Uh, really strong acting. Production was a little rough, but the acting was really good, and the story was interesting. And again, nice, short, tight story. Smoke was really good. That was one of my favorites of the night. Uh, Oedipus was really interesting. It was an experimental, <laughs> but I, I was pretty fascinated by it. And the title sequence was probably the coolest thing that was there all night. Yeah. Um, Pantomime was actually done uh, by students of Wayne State, which is uh, Alex and I's college that we went to. Uh, and that was really, really strong. Um, that one was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Fragments was interesting. And the fourth wall was very good. It had uh, it had a really high production value, but it was way too long. Yeah. It was 16 minutes long. And it the point it was trying to make was made by probably the eighth minute. And I was yeah. like, okay. That's cool. It, it was a little redundant, but it was a, a little lot redundant, and it got a little caught up in its own in its own uh, momentum. I think it needed to be kind of trimmed down a little bit. But the the guys who put it together, I don't know. I obviously I don't think it's there for short, but um, I I think that they've they've got something cool going. I think that yeah. it's a pair of brothers, and so that's really interesting. Yep. But uh, I'd be curious to keep keep an eye out and see what else they do in the future. Uh, it was a really really strong effort. So. Yeah, overall it was pretty sweet. It wasn't uh it was very interesting. It was the first one I've ever been to. Yeah, me too. And I've been s- circling them for like 4 years cuz yeah. when I was still in college, a lot of my friends were submitting their stuff and and it was showing and they're like, "Hey, come on." And I was like, ah, "I never made it." So, it was very cool to go and check it out and I definitely look forward to going again yeah. in the future. I agree. I agree. We may end up sponsoring Ooh. the Mid Movie Project. So, uh, you guys should definitely check it out. Uh, Mid Movie Project on Facebook. They got all kinds of information and stuff up there. So, it's an awesome event. Like, yeah, the, the that cool, they do like, it is really cool. After after all of the the movies are shown, they basically pull up people from the productions that are in the audience, and and you they can you can ask a bunch of questions to them and and kind of get into their the making of their their pieces. And I and I think that's it's cool to have that kind of access to the the things that you're seeing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think so. it's a great way to encourage that kind of community yeah. around here. So I thought it was maybe twice a year, once a year. I had no idea it was every month. I That's think it's really yeah, cool. It's, it's every month. Like, cause then I think what happens is there's a particular project from every month that gets given, like you circle on the ballot at the end and then hand it in and then they do a best of in December and pick the best of the best. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a pretty cool little organization. Yeah, Cause they show like around, I'm sure in the vicinity of 200 pieces a year. Yeah. And that's stuff that would never get seen otherwise. So yeah, Pretty cool. Good for them. Yep. And it's been going on since 07. Yeah. So congratulations to, I think, Connie, who's the lady in charge of it. It was really awesome. Yeah, I went to talk to her afterwards. She's like, we've been here since 07, and this is your first night coming to this, and you got a film podcast? (laughs) It's like, yeah, I've always meant to go. It's just, this is the first time. So I think... uh, She shamed you. Yeah, I know. She just said, I'll take my podcast and leave. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You jerk. (laughs) Do you want my money? No. Um... But anyway, check out the Mitten Movie Project. It's pretty yeah, cool. It is cool. So I think we'll get right into some film news. Uh, there's a bunch of trailers that have come out since the last time we spoke to you, our listening audience. Uh, first one up, I think we'll talk about the Fantastic Four trailer. It's trailer ticker time. It's tra- right? Yeah, this is the trailer ticker. Oh, Trailer Park, bring it out. So uh, Fantastic Four, directed by Joss Trank. You've heard us talk about it many times in here before. Uh, I'm I I want to know what you guys think. We talked about it in the group text a bit, but I think we've had a little bit of time. Did to you watch it? Kind of ruin it? Yeah, I did watch okay. this one because I was like, I this movie's going to be terrible. I don't care, but I don't know. I, I I I'll start and say I was surprised, mostly because I was going off the synopsis that we heard, and I feel like. 60 to 70 percent of that synopsis was wrong but i could be wrong we just got very small snippets of everything that was in the trailer so yeah it's hard to tell in the content you might be right though like the, um, the, the the biggest thing that i thought was like the whole like oh they're working in a convenience store kind of thing that was like i i like the, i was waiting for the first shot in the trailer to, to have the sound of the door opening with the bell and it would be then like somebody walking in and reads behind the counter like chewing his gum and being sassy or something like that and i'm glad that it wasn't that so a plus there already but yeah yeah i don't know if i give him that high of a grade <laughs> it's a pretty easy thing to not do yeah um, and it, yeah. it could 
I'm sure I'll look back in several months' time and say, well, that was stupid I ever believed that. But that could still be the case. I uh, mean, that's, yeah, I'm, it I'm is not... Possible. The only shot of Reed in the trailer is him walking with glasses on looking around. And the almost epic uh, stretch punch. Right. There's, there's really nothing about... Well, Will, you go first. You were already... No, no, I, no. I mean, it's. It, does it look nearly as bad as I expected? No. Is it going to be a good Fantastic Four movie? Probably not. No, I, no I'd say no. <laughs> um, the tone is way off. It's way, way off. And I don't want it to be chop stupid Tim Story Fantastic Four because that was lighthearted but dumb. It can be lighthearted and smart at the same time. And yeah. this is neither, like, this This doesn't this look like, like either one. This is, like, self-serious and dark. Really serious looking. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, it's only, a, it's only a very brief bit of footage and sound. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm not, I, it looks interesting. I mean, I, like, like as a movie, I'm like, oh, well, it has a style to it at least. But I'm like, I don't know. It's not going to be a good Fantastic Four <laughs> movie. It might be a good superhero movie, but it's not going to be a good Fantastic Four movie. That's just how it is nick your thoughts <laughs> it's not found footage no, that's true <laughs> we know hey, this here's, now. here's the way i'm thinking of this trailer it's it's a slight it's a slight sigh of relief and that's it and that's not good. Like, uh, <laughs> sighs of relief don't make me excited. Like, they just make me a little bit relieved so I can focus on something else, which is exactly how I feel about this trailer. Not that I've been putting a lot of time into worrying <laughs> about how this movie was going to turn out, but we all wrote this one off a long time ago. Yeah. And this one, it, it, looks, it looks coherent. It looks like a competently made movie. And that may not even be true either. But it just doesn't really look interesting it doesn't look unique at all it looks like a hodgepodge of of inner of inspiration from tons of movies mm-hmm. and there are so many shots if you if you fed every action superhero movie trailer into a computer and said make me the ideal trailer this is what would fart out the other side <laughs> it's very just bleh, and just like okay now cut to shot of military people walking down the hallway oh that's from godzilla check uh, cut to shot of big air. Oh, that's from Dark Knight Rises. Okay, good. We'll borrow that shot. Cut to suits and a slightly alien landscape. Uh, Prometheus, good. Got that. Like it just <laughs> cornfield uh, with car driving. Yes, Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar. Got it. Cool. There's science. Just, uh, science man with glasses walking around. Okay, every science movie ever. Good. <laughs> it's just nothing about it looks cool, and nothing about it looks unique. Nothing looks interesting. Nothing is thought provoking or makes me sit forward on the edge of my seat and go, Oh wow, this is something to look out for. Nothing. There's not even. There's one shot in the show that's kind of cool, and even then, I was like, oh, "Whatever." That's just we expected that. A human torch turned into fire. Cool. <laughs> that's there. Check you do what? Might as well check that off. Yeah. It's. It just looks like, hey guys, we we did it. We we made a movie. Look at it. Okay. Good job. <laughs> and I, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm like rearing to buy my midnight showing ticket for this movie i think i am going to see it in theaters which is not something i thought before i saw this trailer but i don't know if i get dragged kicking and screaming by the by one of the people at this table i'll go but (laughs) on my own accord no i probably won't either unless there's a better trailer that actually tells me anything about the movie because <laughs> this one doesn't it's just like a little bit of voiceover and ew which is nothing just made me go ew it's just there's nothing cool about this trailer that's it so if they'd release another one that has like maybe a couple little jokes or actual character interactions uh or anything of any substance then maybe i'll go oh, okay but in the meantime you just showed me really cool wrapping paper and that's it <laughs> I'm excited to see be, uh, just a toilet seat inside of it. So, Victor Damashev, Hacker Doom. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Blogger Doom, Blogger <laughs> Hacker Doom. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Podcaster Doom. Blogger even less productive. <laughs> Our trailer ticker is uh, running a little. We're doing longer trailer ticker today because we actually want to talk about these ones a little bit. Daredevil. Netflix's Daredevil came out today. Today. Uh, press. What'd you guys think? Willie. Um, I really liked it. Yeah. Really liked it. Um, it's got 
I don't know. It just looks like a Daredevil like comic, and that makes me really excited. Like it looks like a like a Frank Miller Daredevil comic, and I like that. Um, I was very very relieved to see that at least in this early marketing, the tone is going to be what it should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying there shouldn't be moments of of levity. There should be in any in any story, but well, most stories. But um, it looks dark, and I'm I'm excited for that. Like this, I think that when we talked about the, I mean, Nick and I d- talked about like the idea of a Marvel Knights kind of sub uh, set of movies that were in the same universe, but not, you know, not they didn't have to like have a Tony Stark flyby. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Every every five seconds. And the idea of that, I think, is really appealing to everybody here, and and I know it's appealing to me, and I think that we're getting that with this, it seems like. And we're getting a, a universe that, yeah, it can exist, and if they decide they want to throw Daredevil in Infinity War, they can do it. But it's self-contained enough, and it feels like it's its own universe. I love that we're seeing the dark, seedy corners of the Marvel Universe, because we haven't seen any of that yet. And if you really look at, like... Marvel superheroes, most of them deal with that. Yeah. The, the the vast majority of superheroes deal with criminal the CD, underworld, the seedy underbelly of gangsters and and murderers and psychos and stuff like that. So I'm down. I'm down. Uh, it it looks like it's going to be violent enough without being you know over the top or anything too. So I'm I'm excited. I really am. Yeah. That there's a couple of shots there that I was like, oh my god, this is like ripped from the comic. Like. A shot of Kingpin in front of the window, and I'm like, this is like a, a panel. Like I, I remember seeing this in in uh, Born Again. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty excited, pretty psyched. All right. And yeah. I like I like uh, Charlie Cox. I was unsure about him because I've never really seen anything yeah. he's done. I've seen parts of Stardust, and that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But um, he seems like he's he's got it. So I'm down. All right, Nick. Your yeah, thoughts that, on that's the biggest thing I took away from it was Charlie Cox looks looks perfect and sounds really good. Yeah. The only thing that this is kind of a weird complaint, but because it's barely in the trailer, but he doesn't really look like a blind person. There's a lot of shot. There's just a couple shots of him like sitting there, and he doesn't have that kind of unnatural like lack of head motion. That yeah, seems like a lot of blind people do. Like there's a shot. There's some shots of him moving, and he just kind of looks. And and that may just be my flawed uh, perceptions of what blind how blind people actually operate. But it's a body language thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't really seem that blind, but he, obviously he is fine because he's Daredevil. So that's a, a small, small nitpick. But other than that, it's not – it's fine. It's a fine trailer. It just didn't get me really – it didn't get me any more excited than it already was. I was already very excited. Yeah. So it just kind of is a continuation of me going, can't wait till April. Because it doesn't there, – there's no there's no wow moment in this trailer. There's not one moment that made me go, whoa, yeah. that was awesome. There's like a couple little shots that are cool that set kind of the tone and the mood and and some interesting things, but overall there's there's not just that that's yeah. Daredevil moment. Yeah. And I wanted one of those right at the end. There is one shot that's pretty cool near the end. It's one of the last like two or three shots. I was like, okay, that's cool. But it definitely is very teasy of yeah. of what it seems like. So it's good. The internet seems to be loving it, so that's a good sign. Yeah. I think that Netflix may crash like HBO Go did when the final episode of True Detective aired. We'll see. I don't know how bad they've been when like releasing their other shows. I know that like House of Cards has had like a pretty big following, and Orange yeah. is the New Black as well. Rust development. Yeah, I, I've never. I don't remember hearing a lot about them going down, but I don't know if I was paying enough attention at the time. So this, I think if there is any time it'll happen, it'll be this one. But the casting looks great. The, everybody in it looks cool, and there's a brief shot of Foggy and a brief shot of Karen. My boy Alden Henson looking sweet. And, uh, there's a brief shot of well, you don't really see uh, D'Onofrio. Yeah, you kind of see him, and you're like, oh, cool. I'm glad <laughs> they didn't show him. I, I'm kind of psyched about that. I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm just really excited about Charlie Cox's voice. He sounds awesome. Perfect. It's a little low. It's a little intimidating, but it still sounds very human. It reminds me of like Billy Crudup mm-hmm. a little bit. It's got this nice human quality, normal good guy quality to it so i'm the only thing i'm a little mm, about is like uh, we're all getting a little bit worn out on origin stories i think yeah it seems very originy at least for the first like two uh, to three episodes it might be very originy but i i kind of want them to kind of get going a little bit the early I, the early costume's cool but it's super princess bride dread <laughs> Roberts. yeah 
and I, I kind of want to get to like a real costume. So yeah, I, I I will say that I think that's part of what's what's that that wow factor is missing a little bit because it's not the Daredevil costume, not the Daredevil costume. Right. right. Which which so basically it's it's Ninja Guy, yeah. and so um, <laughs> I am cool with getting through like half a season with that costume, like. But but it needs like I I don't want it to be the last shot of the season is him in the co- like I need more than that I I need to see him in the red suit I need end. it like if we if we get the yellow in like episode seven or eight that's cool because the yellow costume is really cool yeah. but I need that red suit I need it need that shit <laughs> especially with the costume designers they got working for Marvel Studios too like you know it's gonna look fucking awesome oh my god it should with the little the little sleeve for the Billy clubs oh. in the legs I can't wait yes yeah, high five. I'm super excited. No, and 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 obviously, I mean, I love, I do love Daredevil. Like, he's one of the very few superheroes where I can read like the '60s comics, and they're actually pretty damn good yeah, still. They are, which is rare because like I'll try to go back and read Avengers, and I'm like, oh god, a lot I of the street level guys do though. Like it, Moon Knight's old like '70s and '80s stuff is still pretty rare. There was still a sophistication and a darkness to it that I think they were able to capture back then, especially with like the drug issues going on in mm-hmm. like in inner cities and stuff at that time. Like they were starting to get. So I I, I don't know I. I dig it. I'm excited. I'm really jazzed about it. And and then like Iron Fist is coming. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh my god, <laughs> I'm getting 13 hours of Iron Fist. That's I'm true. Really, I I I don't do this on the podcast very often. I'm really excited right now though. So. <laughs> yeah. 13 hours of Iron Fist. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Someone online, uh, people were talking about who should play Iron Fist, and somebody was like, "Oh, I wish so and so was." Uh, it was someone who just got signed to something. Oh, I think it was um, maybe it was Charlie Hunnam. I don't remember, but they were like, he's got a lot going on. And someone commented as if they've been saying this for like months and months. They were like, it's still open for my man Max Greenfield. And I was like, Schmidt, <laughs> Schmitty is Iron Fist. What? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, it's well, not. It's not the. I mean, it's pretty outlandish. But no, no, he couldn't. No, I take it back. I'm it's thinking, just hilarious. I'm thinking about the voice and stuff, and he wouldn't. I'm sure Max Greenfield is a very talented actor. Obviously, he brought Schmidt to life, and, and Schmidt's an amazing character. Yeah. But it was funny how many people like got on board with it. They were like, he seems like a very Marvel choice. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Has a strong comedy background, and someone goes, he's already got the abs for it, and then someone goes, and the legs. And <laughs> I, I feel like you guys mostly know Max Greenfield from New Girl, right? Yes. Yeah, I saw him in a movie. Recently, about Alex, the movie's called. Yeah, you told. Yeah, he's 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 different enough. That's, in that's that. the thing. Yeah. Schmidt is a very very thick <laughs> character for Max Greenfield, and he doesn't really like Schmidt is not like a Greenfield shtick, really. Mm. So I saw I, him in another movie. Where he played somebody's brother. I don't remember. That, what they it was. came together. He was. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah, Paul yeah, Rudd's yeah. brother in that, and he's great. But it's he's still like even in that he's not Schmidt. He's just. Yeah, he's you know the brother character. He's just so, so it, it's that old TV trope of like that one character is so married to that actor. Yeah, that that's you can't help but yeah, it's hard. It's like when I was watching the Foxcatcher trailer, I just kept going, "He's Michael Scott." <laughs> like it's, it's just funny. Yeah, as talented as Steve Carell is. Yeah, he, and he, yeah, so. I don't know. I'm I'm still Hunnam. If you can get him, would be great. Dan Stevens would be awesome. I don't even know who that is. He's the guy. Well, he's he was on Downton Abbey for a long time, mm. and then he's uh, from the guest. He's a beast. He's awesome. So I'm down for him too. Iron Fist is a character. I'm just most most of all my excitement is surrogate from from Willie. I'm right, reading yeah. off of his yep. enthusiasm. I yeah. like Iron Fist as we do with Willie's enthusiasm. I think I think he's great in comics, but as far as adaptation, I'm just like cool. Like yeah. as long as someone get, gets cast and it gets made like within the next two years, I'm yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I liked the Daredevil trailer. Uh, you guys That's said good. most of it. Uh, we'll keep on the Netflix train. Uh, I suppose we could do there. There were some real quick Jessica Jones castings. Uh, David Tennant and Carrie Ann Moss were cast. Cool choices. So pretty big names. Well, bigger names. Um, and then there was a wet hot American summer teaser trailer that was released that I think both of you just saw today. Mm -hmm. Uh, what'd you think? You excited? Oh, totally. Yeah. It's, It's a perfect teaser trailer. It serves the same purpose as the Daredevil one does. I was like, oh, cool. I'm yeah. already really stoked. So <laughs> yeah. you're, not, you're not going to make me more <laughs> you excited. Did, you, didn't, you didn't need to do anything. So. No, it was. Yeah. Uh, it did reveal something about that's really funny, and it's cool that it's all like one. It's like one little shot, yeah. and uh, it's it's neat. It's yeah. a good. It's a teaser. It's a great teaser. It instantly yeah. takes you back into that that world. Totally. Oh, absolutely, very good. Totally. absolutely. Um, 
Was there something else I wanted to say about? No, I want. I did want to say back on the Marvel Netflix stuff. We, I think we talked about last time. We didn't know if Jessica Jones was going to be this year, and they confirmed that, like in a press release. That makes me really happy back. because it's I was fall I was, of this year. It's later this year. Yeah, I think I think it's got to be fall. They said 2015, Maybe so like I, November, December. Yeah, but I'm hoping it's going to be two shows a year. I think that that sounds about right because then they can get Luke Cage and Iron Fist done next year, and then you get the Defenders in 2017. So, the both of the them Netflix, are both of these guys are nerding out like little boys, and it's awesome. <laughs> both of these shows, or I mean, all all of these shows, all the Netflix stuff is almost more exciting than any of the cinematic stuff that's yeah. coming because it's new and unprecedented. It and is, and, and it's it's so much content, like thirteen hours of Daredevil. Awesome. I I'm gonna have such a hard time not watching it all in one like one almost giant massive sitting. Just do it and then rewatch it all again. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I know that with like House of Cards, I I was I powered through that in probably three or four days. Like it took me maybe a week to get through all thirteen episodes, but I did that quickly. So I don't know. Um, we should keep going through the news here. Magic Mike XXL trailer. Super down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i i told you guys i don't really care that much without mcconaughey there i feel like and soderbergh is soderbergh returning i don't no, think so and he's yeah. producer so i don't know fantastic use of genuine though I was say. <laughs> tim tim if he hasn't seen it already he, he'll be very proud of their use of genuine in this yeah i'm show. sure he saw it before any of us did probably part of the chance chan- chan- he, he over did to him. because <laughs> i think uh i saw it get posted on his facebook today okay i'm excited up to date I've never seen the first one, and I probably won't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you guys have shown me the key scenes. Probably. At some point Which are just McConaughey. Yeah. Scenes that should make me ask questions about myself. But, <laughs> but they're awesome. The, the the final beat of the new trailer is really hilarious. It like is. That alone made, just made me laugh really hard, and I was like, okay. <laughs> He's going full G.I. Joe again with this movie. Willie said this one seems a little more comedy-like, which I think that if it, if it's like... If reviews come out and people are like this is like a really strong comedy, then I might actually go and see it because I think that would be fun. I think, I think the drama was an okay attempt the first time around, especially with somebody like Soderbergh at the helm. But I don't think it got totally pulled off. So, well, I think it's it's one of those movies where I think going into it, they probably didn't quite know what movie, what like which part of that movie was people were going to run with. Yeah, and it wouldn't be a sequel if this if it was the drama aspect of the movie. I don't yeah. think, but people like. Women went nuts for this movie, like, yep. and I get it. It's a bunch of attractive males grinding on attractive women. So good for <laughs> good for the ladies. We have enough. Us guys have enough movies with that. That's true. So. That's true. Cool. All right. Uh, next up, we got some more Marvel casting news because the nerd drivel can't stop coming. Sophie Turner, Ty Sheridan, and Alexandra Ship were cast as Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Storm in X Men Apocalypse. Uh, Sophie Turner being from um, Game of Thrones, Ty Sheridan being from Tree of Life, and Alexandra Ship is in like the Drumline sequel or something like that. She's been in a few things. So, uh, any thoughts? Okay, cool. Yeah, that's neat. We know we, now. We know kind of like the age range they're playing with for like the pastish timeline. It's cool. Just but. tell me if Cable's in it. <laughs> Wake me up when Cable shows Wake up. Wake me up when Cable is cast. <laughs> All right. Then we'll talk. Uh, Rocky spinoff slash sequel Creed is coming out for this Thanksgiving, November 25th, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, excited? Uh, I'm probably going to make more faces over here because I'm really excited. <laughs> no, um, I'm psyched because, and it's not just, I mean, I would be excited for any Rocky sequel, spinoff, whatever. But I, I, I've always loved the character of Apollo Creed, and it'll be cool to see his like legacy live on or whatever. Yeah. It's be neat. Um, It'll be cool to see Stallone in a supporting role as Rocky. I think that'll be an interesting avenue for that character to be more of an, you know, like more of a Mickey type. You know, it's kind of cool passing the torch thing. And I liked, um, I liked Fruitvale Station a lot. Yeah, a lot. And I think that um, I'm sorry, what's the director's name? Uh, Fruitvale Station. Do you guys remember uh, Ryan's Ryan something? I can't God, remember. I can't remember. I'll look him up. He's really really talented. Really young guy. Very cool. He, um, I think, given the like the, the tone and the feel Ryan Coogler Ryan Coogler thank you the tone and the feel of Fruitvale Station I think it's going to be a little closer to like the original Rocky where it was more of a drama and and kind of about a guy who 
was having hard. You know what I mean? I, I think it's gonna be a yeah. little. And I and I'm I'm glad they're going back to that a little bit. I mean, as much as I love Rocky Four and you know the hilarity of it, it's I think it's smart to go back to the basics. So it'll be interesting. Nick, any thoughts on Creed coming out? No, I think it's a bad title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but I'm I'm I guess I'm in. Oh, it's maybe. one of those things that makes me really nervous because Rocky Rocky Balboa ends just mm-hmm. spectacularly. Yeah, and I was like, Whew, that's a that is an awesome farewell to one of the greatest American film characters ever created. So for him to come back in any capacity is a little bit alarming, but. I hope I have high hopes for it. It's an interesting project for sure. It's cool to see like a a supporting character from two of the well three three of the four. six movies. Was he in? Four? Oh well, yeah, sort of. Um, to get like his own kind of weird chapter and and, and continuation of his legacy, like Willie said, and that's yeah. it's an interesting idea. So, I'm, I mean, I'll, I'm definitely gonna go see it. Yeah, let's not let's make that clear. <laughs> All right, and then finally, uh, we got uh, the confirmation of an all-female Ghostbusters coming from Paul Feig. Um, our cast will be Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. Uh, that's three women from Saturday Night Live and Melissa McCarthy. Uh, what do you guys think? I know two of those people. They're, and I'm, it's not unexpected. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we called that like two years ago. Probably McCarthy for sure. I think Kristen Wiig and and yeah. I'm a little bummed they didn't. I'm a little disappointed they went with all comedians because I think they're going to be lacking that Winston factor. And Winston's my favorite Ghostbuster. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to have somebody that is more of the straight man, and they don't have that here. And even Bill Murray's kind of. I mean, he he's dry, so he yeah. he's not as like goofy and zany as. Aykroyd and Ramis were in those movies, and I think I'm just a little worried that it's going to be four goofy, zany people instead of... Although, Kristen Wiig... We don't really know, though. I I know. And Kristen Wiig was kind of... I don't know. I'm going to hate this movie no matter what, so you really shouldn't ask me about it. I mean... Nick, what do you think? I don't care at all. Nonplussed? Here's the thing, and I made the comment a few weeks ago. I was like, do you guys really want a Ghostbusters 3? And you guys both said yes, and I was like, eh, "You're not gonna get. You're not getting Bill Murray. Bill Murray's not returning. Period. Although he might now because there's a bunch of women involved, apparently. But you're not gonna get Bill Murray. And I don't want a Bill Murray like a Ghostbusters movie with the original cast without Bill Murray. That to me sounds stupid. Yeah, I, if I said yes to that, it's only like if Bill Murray was on board. Yeah, I should clarify that. So I mean, in the meantime, you know. Maybe making an all-female Ghostbusters isn't exactly what anybody wanted, but we're not going to get the original cast, so why not do something new? Why make it at all? That's the biggest question I have. Because it'll make money. The same reason anything else get made, gets made. I'm The only thing I'm interested in is to see if it's like a reboot. Like, Are they like taking up the mantle of Ghostbusters like after these other guys are retired years later? Or is it like, or you know, yeah, oh yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Is it a reboot yeah. or is it, or is it tied to the old movies in some way, shape, or form? That's the, like, and it's pretty bad when the only thing I'm interested in is will it tie itself into the other movies that I actually will, you know. And all the remember. all the all the wordage as of late points to it being a total reboot. Yeah, and and supposedly they want to cast Cecily Strong, another SNL member, to be uh, the Dickless character, the Richard Atherton character. So they might be, you know, and you never William know. William Atherton. Yeah, William right. Richard Atherton. Who the hell is that? His bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm I'll I'll go see this movie because I will. But You're such a glutton for punishment. I don't think it's gonna be bad. Oh, I can't wait. I've got I've got faith. Can't wait for you to be wrong. Like I know people that uh, <laughs> like <laughs> like Bridesmaids was was good. It wasn't my favorite. I know there were a lot of people that loved it. I didn't see the heat, but I also heard a lot of good things about the heat, even though it looked terrible. It was funny. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I'm, but for, I, you're not getting Bill Murray. So who cares if you're not getting the goat? Like, sorry. Sorry, Winston. <laughs> I'm with Ernie Hudson. 
For every, you're, I, you're with Ernie Hudson of 2013. You need absolutely. To be, yeah. What did he say? He didn't like it at all. He's like, this is garbage. He's like, why would you put a bunch of broads in there? That's not their job. Stay in the kitchen, bitches. <laughs> he didn't say that. I mean, he basically did. <laughs> he didn't. Like, I that no, was almost verbatim. I have no problem. See, I was excited for the prospect of, like, a couple of the older guys, or all the older guys, and then some younger people in it. Yeah. And I wanted there to be, a, like, a female Ghostbuster, too, because I think that's something that could add a dynamic to, to the... Yeah, the whole Ghostbusters thing, but I was—I I guess I was kind of hoping for if they were going to do the all-female thing, maybe more of a mix, like throw in like somebody like like an Emma Stone or something. You know what I mean? Somebody who's a little less like outrageous, zany. That—that's just my thing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not super impressed with the choices. I do not like Melissa McCarthy. I do not like Melissa. That's McCarthy. fair. That's I fair. just her her comedic stylings are not for me. Okay. So, yeah. Any final thoughts, Nick? It's a bummer because I think there was an opportunity to tell a really cool story with the original three guys that are still with us. I think that, especially with the passing of Harold Ramis, there was an incredible, incredibly relevant thing to do with Egon. And we could have had an, an amazing Ghostbusters 3 with like three older guys. And, and, it, and there's such like a kind of renaissance for a lot of these older actors coming back to their other, to their old franchises and tying yeah. off the story. And, <clears throat> excuse me. Coming at it with the lens of like, I'm an old guy now. Can I still be relevant? And I think that's an interesting story. That's an interesting story to me. Plugging a different sex into an already established story is not interesting to me. If we had if we had an all male cast of a female led story, I wouldn't care either because I'm like that's I don't care about that. But this Ghostbusters three that idea that was banding around not too long after Harold Ramis passed was I thought really cool. Yeah, and could have been really neat. Could have been. This kind of Rocky Balboa, you know, Rambo, Indiana Jones, like Star Wars, these kind of extensions of these guys' careers, something that helped launch them and watching them come back to it and send it off in a really awesome way is a story that's appealing to me. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think obviously with things like Tron Legacy, that would have been cool. There's also things like Wall Street where it apparently fell on its face a little bit, but I never saw it, so I don't know. Yeah, and it's that that's the only that's part of the reason I'm bummed out about the direction it's taking was I think that could have been a really amazing opportunity and it's a shame if Bill Murray's too stubborn to be like I'm not doing that shit anymore to to be able to say maybe there's a really cool story we could tell here. So, that yeah, that's but, too bad. Yeah. It might yeah, I think Nick's right. It's probably a lot more about the disappointment of what we could have had instead of what we're actually getting. Maybe that's part of it too. Damn you, Bill Murray. What are you going to do? I can't hate him. We could have had this movie like a decade ago if he wasn't saying no. I can't hate Bill Murray. And we would have had Harold Ramis. That's a, yeah. I don't even know if that would God, be God, there was though. such an opportunity for, for Ghost Egon, though. Like, not... Like, there could have been an amazing moment towards the end of the movie where he, like, waves at them. Like, oh, would have been beautiful. For, for Egon? Oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Amazing! <laughs> the last shot of the movie is him just, like... Egon's on the other side fighting the battle. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Okay. All right, uh, we've gone on way too long with the beginning of all this, so we'll get right to our full review of J.C. Shandor's A Most Violent Year. Mm-hmm. The IMDb synopsis says, In New York City, 1981, an ambitious immigrant fights to protect his business and family during the most dangerous year in the city's history. Well done. Uh, this movie stars Oscar Isaac, Jessica Chastain, David Oyelo, and Albert Brooks, among many other actors. And, uh, yeah. So this is kind of the end. I feel like we still haven't broken into 2015 in terms of movies yet. I know. I know. It's so, funny. Not much has come out. It's cool. Welcome Jupiter Ascending next week. But um, this is kind of the last one of, of, of last year that kind of made its way over here. Finally just came out this past Friday over here in the Midwest. And, uh, yeah, I think... You know, at least Nick and I had some interest in it before. Willie, I don't know if you really, if it was on your radar. I honestly didn't even, I I didn't know it until one of you guys said something. So. Yeah. So, um, I just do what I'm told, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know, uh, Nick. Do, do you want to start with your thoughts on a most violent year? We've seen J.C. Shandor's Always Lost. You and I did last year. We were both pretty pretty happy with hashtag Our Man. Uh, what did you think of his follow up to? I liked it a lot. Yeah. I think it would have easily breached my top 10 of last year had we seen it in 2014. Uh, I will understand when people won't like it, I think, for the most part. it's. I mean, we'll see. 
But uh, most of the reviews I've read so far are pretty much in, in agreement with me. That, uh, overall, it's pretty positive. I think it's got like a 90 or 89 yeah, or 91 or something, something. on RT. Uh it's very it's a long two hours for sure. Mm-hmm. It feels longer than it is. And it's very a lot like parts of All Is Lost. It's very deliberate. It's a very deliberately paced movie. Um but I think JC Shandor I've only seen two of his three movies now, including this one. And he feels like a very deliberate, meticulous director who has things just the way he wants them and it's just so and everything feels orchestrated in, in, in such a way for a reason yeah and i like that it feels refreshing um versus a lot of the other stuff that comes out that feels like it's all put together in the edit or it's just a little a little too it doesn't feel like there's a, a real guiding hand in it yeah uh the the performances are awesome everybody is very good i think jessica chastain is there's a a lot of people were complaining about her accent and mm. I, I was noticing that during the movie. I was like, her like New Yorker accent <laughs> is kind of coming and going a lot. But yeah. somebody pointed out it's during scenes of like stress for her character where it comes out more, which kind of t- ties in her character's story, which I think is really interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. This is one of the few movies I've seen in a while that I want to go see again, actually, pretty soon. So I liked it a lot. I think it's uh, the title is super misleading. There's not very much violence in this movie. So a lot of that's been a lot of people's biggest gripe is that they've gone and expecting kind of a history of violence drive type. Yeah. Br- some brutal violence out of nowhere. And this movie never really has that. So yeah, I didn't really realize that, uh, the most violent year just referred to New York, just a backdrop. That, yeah. And that I think is one of the, f- one of the few real flaws of the movie is it fails to establish the city as a really unsafe place. Yeah. Because I've done, did some reading actually about this, uh, Probably a year ago on Reddit, somebody was posting pictures of New York in like the 80s and the 70s. And I was reading stories about from people who lived there and what an insanely violent, unsafe, like Ninja Turtles Foot Clan <laughs> style, except not fun. Like just, just muggings and, and r- violence everywhere all the time. Arson, rape, everything. And this movie does a really poor job of conveying that. There's yeah. never this sense of just overarching, just gloom in the background there's a couple moments of real tension in this movie and and violence but overall i want i i was missing that kind of it all feels very targeted to right it's a very Abel. very specific story about a specific group of people and i never get the sense of the city as a whole yeah that's one of the few real problems i had this movie i think the score is awesome there's this weird like samurai-esque theme that plays throughout the movie that i thought was super badass uh the cat, like I said, the cast is great. Uh, it looks great. The costumes are cool. It's all I liked it quite a bit. All right, Willie, what'd you think of a most violent year? Um, it's it's weird because I I didn't like the way it turned out for me, but I understand why it turned out the way it turned out, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it for that. <laughs> Does that make any sense whatsoever? No, you but mean you didn't explain. like how how it ended I didn't, or I, how it I didn't came like together. how it panned out the movie altogether. Like I didn't I didn't okay. I didn't care for the for the journey that I was taken on. I th- okay. I found it kind of unsatisfying for me, but I understand why it was unsatisfying and I think it's a very interesting story to tell for that. Um it's a slow burn that doesn't quite burn anywhere. Like it doesn't it I don't want to give anything away. There's there's a lot of like like dangling tensions and plot threads and and things come his whole world's caving in on him and there's different aspects of of his business and his personal life and his finance and all this stuff is coming together and a lot of that doesn't really ever like boil over for me. I was kind of like, "Oh, okay, that's it." Yeah. All right. But I think it's interesting because this is a man who's struggling so hard to, you know, maintain this sense of rationality and composure and despite dignity. and dignity absolutely which i like why you said what you said about the samurai th- theme i almost feel like that's on purpose yeah because i noticed oh, yeah. it too and it's you know i mean when you look at the the code of the samurai it's kind of weirdly you know followed yeah. by this character it's interesting i don't know it's it's um there are a lot of cool ideas here it's like nick said it's a, it's a really pretty movie um I think all the performances are great. Albert Brooks's hair needs a nod here. 
Does. Looking different than usual. <laughs> I'm liking what I'm it seeing. It is different than usual. Um, I like the, like the change up Brooks. Let's see a, like a mohawk next movie or something. <laughs> Go nuts, man. It's a mullet. Yeah, like some cornrows or something. Uh, oh, my God. Can you imagine? I um, feel like that could have happened in Drive. Like, it could have happened in that movie. <laughs> True. But. He is, man, is he so different between those two movies. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. Um, But I... That was Oscar Isaac, though. Yeah. In those two movies. That's very yeah. true, too. It just didn't really add up for me. This okay. One. I think there's 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 definitely some stuff to gain from watching it, but I walked away kind of going, eh. so. Yeah, I felt pretty pretty similarly. I kind of walked out of the movie just being like, oh, that that was that was very well put together, and and I think it has an interesting story to it. But I think Willie and I kind of talked about it a little bit afterwards, and just both kind of felt like it doesn't feel like there's a particular climax to this movie. Like there's. There are definitely, like, everything does start building to a head. All of these elements of uh, Abel's life start to, it feels like there's going to be some kind of breaking point, and then it never quite reaches that, in my opinion. And we can talk about that more in spoilers, but I I, I do feel like that leads to a bit of a, of an unsatisfying movie. Because I think doing a slow burn is okay, but I want that slow burn to really pay off with, like, a really hot like incineration towards the end and Mm -hmm. i I feel like that's important to me in terms of like a slow burn film you wanted that crawl space moment yes absolutely absolutely all right but um (laughs) i won't disagree and 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 no yeah but uh i thought all of the performances were fantastic i was most entertained by watching oscar isaac kind of work through this really kind of quote-unquote honorable character and and just trying to deal with all of the crap that's being thrown at him in like probably the most tumultuous weeks of his life i thought that was very interesting to watch but but i just don't feel like it it came together quite as well as i hoped it would but that's not to say that that happens in real life like you don't always get that kind of neat bow and and that's a very interesting point but you know, I, I don't feel like um, I think maybe a, a second viewing would be in order to kind of really understand why the movie presents the everything that happens the way that it does. Um, I felt like the score was really understated. I didn't really notice the samurai theme that much. I think like I noticed that it was really quiet. I noticed that the movie in total was really quiet because I could hear the theater next door, uh, sadly. But. Um, I know, I know. That was really obnoxious. That was yeah. a bummer. Yeah, but uh, uh, I do think it was beautifully shot, and and I think J.C. Shandor is somebody that I definitely want to pay a lot of attention to. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do we have any final thoughts before spoilers that we want to get to? The original cast was as the two leads was Javier Bardem and Charlize Theron, and I would not have been nearly as into this movie if it was the two of them. Totally agreed. Yeah, totally agreed. I like both of them. Yeah, me too. But I like I, Javier Bardem. I, like, I don't think they would have fit these roles, though. I, I don't. Maybe I don't know. Javier, I think, would have been okay. He would have Charlie's... had funny hair, but I mean, let's be honest. Oscar <laughs> Isaac's hair is <laughs> it, super good. It in this was movie. really oh, it's, good. It's beautiful. He looks like a snow creature. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, he looked like a like a like a I, mountain like, cat, like one of those Norwegian yeah. Norwegian mountain cats during <laughs> one scene. He's a really good runner too. Like he's he fascinating to watch jog, which yeah. most actors can't. He's pull just off. fascinating to watch in this movie in general. He's got a little mannerisms and the way he carries himself is just very. It feels like a character. He's Absolutely, very, he's yeah. very good in it. And so uh, I would argue that Chastain is as well. She's got a lot of naysayers online, but I, I think she was good. Yeah. Um, and Albert Brooks, I, I totally forgot to mention, and uh, uh, David. Oh yellow. Oh yellow. Oh yellow. Whatever. That's what IMDb's pronunciation guide. Uh, he was awesome. Yeah. I, I, I personally love where the movie ended. The movie plays like this. It almost ends as like almost like a prelude to like a bigger story. So I, 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 really I, I agree. I, I like the ending. I do like the ending, but I want to talk about that more in spoilers because okay. there's more to it. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Spoiler Terry for The Most Violent Year.
Here we are in spoiler territory for a most violent year. So I'll bring up kind of some of the concerns that I had with with the spoilery parts of the movie. I think it was really weird for me to kind of deal with uh, like Abel's supposed to be this like really honorable like I'm a straight businessman. I did everything right, and I just feel like he can only say that because his wife was only doing all the shady dealings, and I and I don't feel like that's where that interesting of a story would be i feel like it would be more interesting if it was just like they're like one of the few honorable businessmen or business people in this oil business trying to make a stand in this industry that's just beating the hell out of them by you know people stealing their trucks and and people threatening him at his home like that would have meant more to me if it were actually true that their company is like the purest of the pure and 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 you know that would mean more to me in general and I, I so I feel like it gets kind of undercut by the idea that Jessica Chastain is just over there cooking the books throughout the years and that makes me uneasy and and it doesn't it's not it makes the movie not as satisfying for me but you know I don't know if either of you guys felt that way I think his moral his moral center, and we don't get a, <clears throat> a perfect picture, obviously, of it. He doesn't sit down and read us the rule book, but I think his his morals lie more along the lines of physical violence and gangster kind of behavior, mm-hmm. you know, snuffing guys out and stuff like that. I think that's the stuff he wants to avoid. He, yeah, even he doesn't even want to like he doesn't even want to get physical in, like in a fist fight with anybody. Like that's I think that's what he that that's the thing that he's like sworn off at this point. And I want to say real quick to to Nick's point because I I was thinking this too. This seems like the beginning of a story that's yet to come, but it almost seems like it's the middle chapter of a trilogy because there's so much unspoken stuff that happened before this yeah. with uh, with um, uh, what's his name David Oyelowo. Well, yeah, him, and then with all the characters, really, they yeah. kind of talk a little bit about the past and how things used to be, and and you can tell that Oscar Isaac's character has has probably been a violent person before. He doesn't seem like he's always been this straight and narrow kind of guy. I don't think, I mean, I think that he has, at least I took from it that he has a background in in shadier stuff and and being a nasty, physically torturous human being. Like like I, that's, that's the vibe I got. Hmm. But I think that there's a there's a there's a story before that too. And I think that kind of probably leads into why he is the way he is in terms of avoiding that at all costs, but the cooking the books thing, I think that's for that character. I felt like that was perfectly within the realm of, it might not be right because it's not, but I feel like uh, his character would have no problem with, with screwing somebody over financially a little bit, just a little bit off the top. You know what I mean? He just doesn't want to get his hands dirty in terms of, I don't violence. think they ever really go into the full extent of what a, the nature of her doctoring that stuff was. They never yeah. really go into it. Because when he finds out she's been taking Skinning. money from the yeah. company for them, he's he's appalled. Yeah. Even though it's their money. Yeah. And so I think it's in, I think that's I think he's pretty on the straight and narrow overall. And the thing is, I think it's impossible to be in that business and not do questionable things. I think it's impossible to be the head of a of a million dollar industry like that and not be shady. I would I would bet real money that every single CEO or every other every single founder of those kind of companies has done sketchy things. Cuz that's America and that's Maybe, commerce. yeah. And I think that that is what makes the movie interesting is that he has those shades of he he is a pretty moral guy compared to his competition, but he has those shades of gray and that that hypocrisy that he has and that, like, Willie, both of your arguments lead into kind of what I was thinking is awesome about the movie. If he was literally like a golden boy and did everything right, the movie would be boring as fuck because it's not real. That's not real. There's no one like that, and they're not successful. You've got you've to cut some throats in that to get to where you want to be. Like, every, every biography about everybody who ever made, like, an amazing company is going to have a lot of skeletons in it. And I think that's what makes for an interesting story, though. <clears throat> if he had been squeaky clean, it would have it would have just come off as inauthentic, and it, I don't think it would have been an, an interesting character to watch because that that veneer that he has on of like Willie talks about his past, and I think he might have been like you know kind of a Latino like gangbanger kid in like the Bronx or something when he was like a teenager, but he's got this new like 
polished image. He's like cleaned himself up and he's got a nice haircut and he's got gold rings on his fingers and a nice, nice, amazing jacket. <laughs> that, that this Really cool. Really cool. He's got this like look and just the way he calls his wife out on being a whore because she used to be. You're just a gangster's daughter, even though she's in all these Versace clothes and in this, I bought you this mansion and that. She's got her facade. He has his. And I think that's what makes it cool is like he's kind of like Scarface where he he was this like dirty kind of Cuban like river rat. And he grew yeah. into this thing and he put on nice suits in a huge mansion. But he was still just like this gangster at heart. It was. Yeah. And I think with this character, it's certainly, you know, I mean, obviously, this is a little much less over the top movie than Scarface. Yeah. But no, you're it feels I think like it, though. It, there's a Scarface vibe about this movie. It really is. And I think it's it has to do a lot with the two leads and kind of the, mm. the characters are playing. I, the only other thing I wanted to say was that I, in regards to the slow burn thing I was talking about, how it didn't feel like it led anywhere, um, I didn't necessarily want it to get like super violent or anything. I, I think at first I was waiting for that to happen. But I wanted to say I do appreciate the fact that um, they managed to keep the character from reaching that point. There's so many moments when when you think he's going to snap, finally going to snap, and like shoot shoot the guy at the... Um, at the train... Right, Station, shoot the guy who's platform. been thieving him for who knows how long, and he's you know, and or he's going to snap and beat the shit out of the guy in the barber shop. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many moments when he could have lost it, and I do applaud the movie and the right and the writers for not letting the character lose it because it's not exact, it's not at all what you'd expect from most movies. I think it's very cool. For me, I wanted to see that moment because I wanted—I just wanted to see Oscar Isaac cut loose, and it drove me nuts that he wasn't doing it. <laughs> and maybe that's the intention—is—is is you want to like maybe he? There's a bit of toying with the audience on that. With the, with I think again, it was like perfectly in line with the character, though. It, he, no, it he, totally was. He knew he's like you got to keep keep all appearances clean. And yeah. if he had been even. He knows that character knows the power of negative press and controversy and he knows that what that does to his image and so it was it was it was satisfying watching him play it smart and just be like don't freak out you just got a couple weeks make it through this thing just stay the course and everyone else around him just wants to do crazy drastic things just because by human nature they need resolution now and they're like we are pushed to our limit we need and he's like just hold tight (laughs) and then when you see the julian character just fuck everything up. I was just like, oh my God, no. Throw that guy in the river. Like, this is insane. And it was so, so satisfying to be in the audience. And I just felt, I felt those like lows. And the the look on his face when he says, I'm sorry. And then just, you see him walking towards the cops and just out, out of focus in the background, he runs and they're like, he's running. And you just see him go. Yeah. And the way the camera didn't follow him, it just stayed right there. And I was like, man, is that a great moment? It was just so good because I was like, oh, God, he's so close. It just everything's going to work out. And then, nope. Just really, I want to know more about his character. I do think there's more in the past because I think he has been, he feels like one of those characters where someone would say to him, like Julian, for example, would say like, oh, well, what do you know about hard, hard times? You live in a mansion. You have a beautiful wife. You have children. And he can be like, uh you don't know where I came from. You don't know the kind of shit I've been through. And yeah. so I think it was cool for him to be like, listen, when at the end of the movie, when Julian's like, I have nowhere to go. And he's like, you have nowhere easy to go, but you have somewhere to go. You can make it. You can, you can start over. You can rebuild if you're strong enough. And that character just wasn't strong enough. And I think that was a, it's a very cool movie about these very rare types of human beings that can launch these type of companies. Cause they have the drive and they have the intelligence and, and the the vision to make it happen. It reminds me kind of of like Halt and Catch Fire a little bit. We've got that one character who's like, just do it. And yeah. everyone else is like, ah, like the building's <laughs> on fire. And he's like, just listen to me and do it. And I love those kind of stories. I think it's so cool. And the ending was a little, it was a little contrived. And I think a lot of the Julian subplot, like, it either needed more or it needed less. It was right in that middle area of it feels unnecessary, but that doesn't mean it's not interesting. Yeah. But it felt like it added runtime to the movie that didn't need to be there. And they have a weird past that's not really touched on, like between Julian and and uh, and Abel or Abel. They um, 
I wanted to know a little bit more about them. Like if they have yeah, it seems cousins like, or like or they come from similar families. Like Abel like knows their family. Well. Right. And uh, the scene of him speaking Spanish was awesome. That was that scene was really tense. And the scene with the the break the like the attempted B and E was super awesome. I was like, this is really tense. Like if him going to the house and everything, yeah. I was just like, oh man, what's gonna happen? But the ending was a little. I think that that was the climax, but it felt very. Like that character could have just been done with the movie and, and it would have been I, fine. I think that's why it doesn't like the, it's not a satisfying. <laughs> but it had a great movie. moment. It had several great moments where he he's talking to him and then Julian's like, take care of my family. And he's like, OK, because that's that's the that's the moment when Abel becomes a bad guy. And it was awesome because he's just like, OK, and he's thinking, all right, if this guy kills himself, that's way cleaner for me. <laughs> Blows his head off plugs the hole in his oil tank because yeah. that's money coming out. You've got that blood there. You've got that oil there. Mixing together on the ground. That's a movie. That was awesome. <laughs> and that's when he goes and talks to David and he's like, hey man, you corrupt? Yeah, you corrupt. <laughs> corrupt twins. <laughs> Let's do this thing. And I was like, this is the moment where he finally like the whole movie he's been fighting becoming a gangster and now he's doing it. And I, I thought that was just an awesome, like no matter what, you can't avoid. That's the eventual path. You you either embrace it or you die. And I thought that was just an awesome end of the movie. I think that's pretty much what I hate about it. <laughs> like the political corruption behind like that final scene to me is the bane of America. In yeah, my but opinion. that's real. That's nineteen eighties no, New York. I understand that it's real, but that doesn't mean that like my personal feelings on it can't make me feel like I don't enjoy the movie, you know? That's I disagree. It's one of those things where I'm like, what do you disagree that I can't feel that way? I don't think you should hold it against the movie. I think you should remove your personal feelings from the movie and judge it as it is and the story it tells. Well, obviously, I don't think that's a great thing for human beings to do. But is it a good story? And is it interesting within the historical context? Absolutely. Okay. But then we've spoken on the past about how I look more for like personal resonance in movies more than you do but it's just one of those like i don't know it, to me it's just we don't need to be putting more things out there that like show off the idea that oh this is what's going on and look at the happy ending that he gets because his problem just killed itself and he gets to go and 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 get everything that he wants because the person prosecuting him is corrupt too i mean it's not a happy ending though and I, I mean, I I think it's it's pretty happy for Abel. I don't I don't think there's anything bad. Like everything that was an issue in the movie is gone for him at that point. Sure, but that's not happy. He's still going to be investigated if if something goes wrong with that relationship. But he literally threw out everything he's been standing for, his entire drive towards this moment, his career, his establishing himself and his company on we are good guys. We don't do sketchy things, and now he's doing sketchy things. That's in, in that precise moment, he may be kind of like, Whew, okay, but that's not a happy ending. I mean, that but, character has condemned himself to looking over his shoulder the rest of his life and looking himself in the mirror every morning and going, that, that scene literally happens where he looks himself in the mirror and goes, okay, we'll use the money. That's a smart thing to do. And he's literally fucking looking at himself going, like, that, that is not a happy ending. I, I don't, I disagree. What? I disagree because it's and and not so much. Okay, maybe it's not a happy ending, but he's getting rewarded for doing bad things. That's true, and I hate that. I don't like that. That makes me angry, and that's how I feel about it. I'm not saying the movie's bad because that happens. I'm saying I didn't enjoy the movie because that happens. There's nothing (laughs) cinematically wrong about this movie because of what it shows. All right. <laughs> I'm done. Kyle why I go watch him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I really liked the scene where he sits down at the dinner table with all of the other uh, oh, that was people good. in his industry. And he good. just says, stop. That was really tense, too. And it just sits there. Like, the, everybody's staring at him. Like, that was, that was probably my favorite part about that his performance. Yeah, that was tense. But. I dug it. He was awesome. Yeah. He was very good. I hope he gets an Oscar nom for this one. He doesn't. No? No. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. Is there 2014? Oh, I guess it yeah. is technically, isn't it? That's bullshit. I, you know, when I looked at the list of the Oscar nominees this year, it's such crap. There's nothing good on there. The what? only one that I'm like 100% sure and absolutely should happen is JK for support. Yeah. 
Oscar Isaac was better in this than Benedict Cumberbatch was in the imitation game. Totally agreed. I don't think he should be on there at all. I don't think the imitation game should be one Not of the best picture noms. You mean to tell me that Keira Knightley was, is up for best actress for the imitation game? Are you serious? That cardboard <laughs> cutout paper doll character? Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's a sorry state of affairs. Damn it, Oscars. I complained for a long I'm not going to do it. <laughs> All right, we've been going long. Write in. Let us know which of us you agree with. <laughs> Feedback. <laughs> I feel like they're going to agree with me on this. <laughs> My uh, stirring silence over here. <laughs> I'm sad because I think we had some uh, feedback that I didn't really get to. We're just going really, really, really long. Really, really, We really are going to have an episode next week. So are we, we, had, we had a lot no. of trailers to dive through. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go and update the top, the, the listener-supported top of 2014 and most anticipated 2015 list because I forgot Youp sent his best of a while back and then Nancy sent her best of 2014 and then Alistair Connell of Hong Kong fame also wrote in with his... Uh, he's got an interesting scoring system and stuff too, so take a look for that this week on the website. I'll post it on Facebook. But feedback, MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you think of the show, the movies that we talk about, the news that we talk about. Uh, Twitter, at MFN Podcast. Also Instagram by that handle as well. Uh, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine. 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show and talk about it. And... Uh, at Mr. John. Oh, you're not at Mr. John anymore. At Chan Constantine. Thank you for our music and artwork. Uh, next episode of the Midwest Game Nerds podcast is going to come out in the next week or so. We're going to record this weekend. So take a look for that as well. I think we're going to talk about Dying Light and open world video games. So look forward to that. And that's about it. Kyle XY, go watch a movie. <laughs>